The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, Canadian farmers intend to plant more wheat, canola and barley this spring, while area seeded to oats and lentils will decline. That's the latest Stats Canada report that was released this morning. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt will comment on the numbers that were released today. There's growing concern that some prime Saskatchewan farmland could be gobbled up by the installation of solar panels. We'll hear from Kevin Hirsch, who is an agricultural consultant from Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan and Japan are growing their trade relationship. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Minister Jeremy Harrison will join us on today's program. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. EX94, Ag Review. Statistics Canada released its first acreage report for the 2023 growing season this morning. It says farmers expect to plant more wheat, canola, corn for grain, barley and soybeans in 2023, while area seeded to oats, lentils and dry peas is anticipated to decrease compared with the previous year. Farmers in Saskatchewan anticipate planting 7.3% more wheat in 2023, totaling 14.2 million acres. Spring wheat area is expected to expand 10.2% to 9.2 million acres, while Durham wheat area is anticipated to increase 2.9% to 5 million acres. Manitoba farmers anticipate planting 3.2 million acres of wheat, up 3.3% from one year earlier. In Saskatchewan, the province that produces the most canola, producers anticipate seeded area of canola to increase 3.7% to 11.8 million acres, Farmers in Manitoba anticipate seeding 3.3 million acres of canola, down 0.9% from the previous year. Manitoba is expected to lead the national increase in soybean acreage. Soybean area in the province is expected to rise 37.3% to 1.6 million acres, the highest area in the province since 2018. Farmers in Saskatchewan, where almost 90% of Canada's lentils are grown, Expect seeded area to fall 7.7% to 3.5 million acres. According to updated supply and demand projections from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, Canadian pea, chickpea and edible bean exports will likely beat earlier expectations during the current 2022-23 marketing year. 
The stocks-to-use rations for the three crops should also tighten as a result. In its report Friday, the government agency upped its call for Canadian pea exports in 2022-23 to 2.6 million metric tonnes from an estimated 2.5 million in March. Canadian chickpea export projections for 2022-23 were raised to 225,000 metric tonnes by AAFC, which compares with 200,000 in March and the 2021-22 level of 176,000. Edible bean exports for the current marketing year were up to 340,000 metric tonnes from 320,000 in March. The supply and demand table for lentils was left unchanged, with 2.3 million metric tons of exports expected during the current crop year and only 100,000 tons of carryout stocks. A major shareholder in pea and canola protein processor Merit Functional Foods has brought on an unnamed partner in its bid to buy the business out of receivership. After announcing last month it would submit a bid for the practically new Merit assets, Vancouver-based plant protein firm Burkon Nutriscience says it's now participating in a bid for Merit in cooperation with an industry plant protein company. Having just opened for business in early 2021, with major shareholders also including U.S. agri-food firm Bungie and former executives of Hemp Oil Canada, Merit was placed into receivership on March 1st. Court-appointed receiver Price Waterhouse Coopers, in its first report filed March 31st with Court of King's Bench in Winnipeg, said it had set a deadline of last Friday for formal bids on the Merit assets and expects to determine the accepted offer by this Friday. After a relatively quiet March with just one outbreak of highly pathogenic avian influenza in domestic poultry, Quebec has turned up 13 outbreaks so far this month. The Quebec government announced April 6th it will put up $800,000 for the province's poultry disease control team to go toward producer training, updating biosecurity protocols, building up field expertise in cleaning and disinfection of barns, and buying and developing new systems for rapid culling on infected farms. The province also said it would set up new supports for small farms, including the establishment of a voluntary ID registry, biosecurity training for backyard and smaller-scale poultry operations, and development of a best practices guide for construction of chicken coops. Relatively few cases have been spotted so far this month elsewhere in Canada, They include a non-commercial, non-poultry site in central Alberta's Lacombe County detected Friday and two commercial poultry barns in southwestern Ontario. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. It's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry. Thank you, Doug. Haas Nissan is where we are today and where you can come to take that beautiful... Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's partly cloudy and 11 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Well, as you just heard, Canadian farmers intend to plant more wheat, canola and barley this spring, while area ceded to oats and lentils will decline. Stats Canada says Saskatchewan farmers anticipate planting 7.3% more wheat this year 
at 14.2 million acres. Spring wheat will jump 10% to 9.2 million acres, while Durham will jump almost 3% to 5 million acres. Canola in Saskatchewan will rise 3.7% to 11.8 million acres. Barley acreage in Saskatchewan will drop 4.7% to 2.6 million acres, but rise 7% in Alberta. Oats will fall 22% to 3.1 million acres this spring. Area seeded to lentils will drop 7.7% from last year in Saskatchewan to 3.5 million acres. The survey included 9,500 farmers back in early January. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the StatsCan seeding intentions are welcome news for the province. It means that, uh, you know, the numbers are looking pretty good for the province of Saskatchewan. We're seeing, obviously, some upward swings in, in canola. Uh, wheat is going to stay strong again. Wheat and Durham will be strong. Uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, even the pulse side is staying, you know, very consistent with the lentil and peas at well over, you know, three and a half million acres intention right now. We'll see what that does. And obviously, we know weather plays a part in, in seeding uh, practices and what and how that all plays out. But we're hopeful, I'm pretty sure, in the southwest and western side of the province over the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll see the machinery in the fields and uh, guys will start, folks will start putting their crop in the ground. He believes the survey numbers will be pretty accurate. I think they probably are for a number of reasons. A lot of the farmers already have purchased their seed and their fertilizer needs and their and their and their chemical needs. They've already made those intentions to their suppliers. So I'm pretty sure that the you know the acres will probably fluctuate you know one two maybe three percent maybe even five percent. But I think they're probably you know relatively very close. The only thing that's probably going to change it drastically would be uh, obviously a weather related issue. Merritt offers his thoughts on what crop production in Saskatchewan will look like this year considering the current soil moisture conditions? Well, I think we have a very good start. I think that's first and foremost right now. Everybody I've talked to, uh, you know, the snowfall that we've had over the last month and a half in, for the most part, all over the province, but predominantly in the southwest and the south-central, we saw significant moisture uh, there. So, obviously, the start's going to be very good. We never lose a crop in uh, May or June. It's usually in July where we'll, we'll obviously we'll need some moisture then again. But right now, I've, everybody I've talked to in my constituency are very happy with the moisture conditions and are, you know, obviously like everybody anxious to get going. As for when he expects seeding to start? Well, I, you know, as I said, I think probably within the next week, 10 days in some parts of the province in the southwest and south central, they're probably going to where maybe they didn't receive quite as much snow. They may be getting ready to gear up. Obviously, you know, the temperature has to get to a certain point. The ground has to warm up. So it's all part and parcel to that. But I would say probably in the next week to 10 days, there's going to be outfits moving into the fields. And Merritt also notes that Saskatchewan's trade with Southeast Asian countries jumped 91.3% last year. Yeah, obviously we're very excited about it. And that's obviously another reason why we opened an office in uh, in Vietnam in, in Ho Chi Minh City. We, we could see obviously trade growth happening there. Obviously potash leads the way at just under $2.5 billion into that Indonesian area. But we saw wheat really climb up at well over just under $450 million, just under that. So uh, we see that, and we're seeing other products in, in moving into that uh, area as well, region as well. 
But we're also seeing some interest in other commodities on the ag side as well. And I think that's important to see, you know, whether it's the pulse side or whether it's the canola side uh, or other uh, ag products. But we're seeing some interest and we're seeing, obviously, over the next few years, we'll probably will see those numbers continue to grow for the ag. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for June closed at 164.57 today. That's up 55. August live cattle closed at 163.40, up 45. May feeder cattle closed at 210.27. That's up 85. August feeder cattle closed at 230.95, and that's up 145. June lean, make that May lean hogs trading at 78.27, that's up 140. June lean hogs closed at 90.27, up 3.22. And that's the commodities update. It's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry. Thank you, Doug. Haas Nissan is where we are, and we're just about to go out for a test drive. Finally was able to corner Todd and say yes, that he'll take me for that test drive. I get to drive, right? Yeah. All right. He trusts me. Have you, ever drove, have you ever drove before, though? Drove, like, a vehicle in general yeah. or an electric vehicle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes to both. Oh, you do? Okay. All yeah. right. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah, I'll Good. show my driver's license. Uh, so tell everybody again what we're taking out. So we're going to take out the brand new Nissan Aria fully electric car. Uh, it's an SUV. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to take that out. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see how quiet this thing is. You're going to see how much power it has. When you step on it, hold the steering wheel, please. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Are we- and you know what? The other thing I better warn you, though, before we go for a drive, uh-huh. when you back off on the gas pedal, it regenerates power into the brake. So it actually brakes itself. You don't actually have to use the brake pedal. Oh, no, my mind is blown. That's that's too much for me, Todd. Okay, we'll shut it off. <laughs> All right, this is going to be fun. You can come in for a test drive today, too. Haas Nissan, 386 Broadway Street East in Yorkton. Thank you, Tanya. Well, there's growing concern that some prime Saskatchewan farmland could be gobbled up by the installation of solar panels. SAS Power plans to award contracts to independent power providers to develop about 300 megawatts of solar generation on land selected and acquired in south-central Saskatchewan. Kevin Hirsch is an agricultural consultant who farms in southwestern Saskatchewan. Yes, I've had producers contact me uh, concerned about it uh, the, and, and others that, that have looked at it as well. Now, if you're going to get three or $400 per acre to rent your land to a, a, a solar power provider for the next 25 years, it might look pretty attractive, but, but at the same token, you might say, why isn't this being put on something other than prime farmland? Or maybe you're, you're renting land to somebody or renting land from a landlord, and that landlord is looking at uh, renting his or her land to a, a solar power provider, and, and you're going to lose out on it. So it, it's not that it isn't a good revenue source, it's just people that look at it and say, is this the, the best use for that land? Can't solar power sites 
be put on more marginal farmland or maybe even industrial land that that uh, has already uh, needs reme- you know some remediation so these these concerns circulate and uh, there's a uh, a person that uh, has wrote a, an interesting uh, opinion piece on it, and that's uh, Jessica Nixon, the, the Director of Economic Development for Cowess's First Nation. Now, she's done a lot of work on bringing renewable energy projects to reserve land. However, she's also a, a cattle and grain farmer, and, and she, I think, raises some very valid points about is this where we should be putting solar panels and I think it's it's something that really needs to be considered, that that should be a consideration as to where these uh, developments are cited. He says SAS Power is the driving force behind this initiative. Well, SAS Power has uh, plans to develop 300 megawatts of solar generation in south-central Saskatchewan, and they'll do that through independent power providers. So these companies go out and, and seek the land and, and uh, do the development. So that's the one that's on the, on the radar screen most immediately, is this in south-central Saskatchewan for 300 megawatts. But SAS Power says it has plans to add a total of 1,000 megawatts of solar power to the grid by 2035. Now, they say, oh, you know, only takes uh, uh, not that much land. They talk about it uh, uh, that would 1,000 megawatts would only require about 7,000 acres, although I've, I've heard estimates higher than that, maybe 10,000 acres. And 10,000 acres isn't a great a lot when you compare it to the total land mass in Saskatchewan. But what happens after 2035? Uh, I know the I checked with the Saskatchewan Farmland Security Board and they've granted exemptions for wind and solar power development and those exemptions over the last four years add up to more than a half a million acres in Saskatchewan. So whatever the acreages are, whether it's fairly minor or becomes uh, larger than that in the years ahead, I guess the question is, should this be put on the best agricultural land because the independent power providers tend to look for land that's level, first of all, and land that's close to the substations of SAS Power, uh, and then they, they go for looking for leased land and, and see if they can, see if they can uh, obtain that land. They, they have no incentive or there's nothing in the selection process to push them onto more marginal land that they wouldn't be taking so much agricultural production out of, out of the loop. Hirsch expects productive farmland will become more and more valuable as the world's population grows. I think it's a, a very valuable asset, and if it costs a little bit more to go onto more marginal land or to onto industrial land, I, I think that those should be part of the, the selection criteria. And the interesting thing is, you, the, on land that's never been cultivated, it, because of the environmental uh, assessment that would be required, you know, if you or I own uh, pasture land, native pasture, we could go break it up if we want, but a, a solar power plant would want, not want to establish there because they wouldn't probably pass the environmental assessment. Uh, so that's a, an interesting quirk in the, in the way the world works these days. Uh, so, I, you know, somebody like uh, Jessica Nixon isn't saying don't put solar panels 
on farmland, but she is saying that perhaps we can put in there some selection criteria so it doesn't end up on the best farmland, and maybe it's got places where it could be on industrial sites. And even if it's a little more expensive to establish on those sorts of sites because it's further from the power station or not as level, that would still make sense in a long-term view when you start looking at, at food supply and productive land. He believes marginal land would be a good choice for solar farms. I think it, it marginal land may, if, as long as it's uh, not native prairie. I think that would be. I think that's the the problem. Native prairie uh, would be subject to a whole bunch of environmental assessments. But if it's marginal land that's at some point been in cultivation, that should be uh, certain, certainly suitable for these uh, sorts of developments, or even the different classes of farmland. There's, you know, prime farmland with with high production potential. There's other farmland out there that's uh, maybe got some rocks or hills or salinity that uh, should still be possible to put solar panels on but wouldn't be taking nearly as much uh, pr- uh, productive land out of out of circulation and Hirsch had this final thought the time is now to try to make the the rules a little more balanced and and strike a, a better relationship between site selection and and where we have farmland Kevin Hirsch is an agricultural consultant who farms in southwestern Saskatchewan. Please stay tuned. Your commodities update is coming up in one minute's time. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board today. July canola closed at 734.90, up $8.50. November canola closed at 703.30, up $8.30. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 813 per bushel, down 23 and a half cents. July Kansas City wheat Closed at 783 and a quarter, down 19 and three quarters of a cent. July Chicago wheat closed at 642 per bushel, down 11 cents. July corn closed at 601 per bushel, down six and three quarters of a cent. July soybeans closed at 1414 and three quarters, down two and three quarters of a cent. July oats closed at 3.26 and a half, down seven and a half cents. And that's the commodities update. Saskatchewan and Japan are growing their trade relationship. A memorandum of cooperation, or MOC, has been signed between the province and Japan's Overseas Infrastructure Investment Corporation, a government agency that supports Japanese businesses abroad especially in the area of infrastructure. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Minister Jeremy Harrison says the agreement is the outcome of his most recent trade mission to Japan two months ago. The MOC will encourage Japan to support infrastructure investment in multiple sectors 
such as helium. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of natural resources. Helium is an area where Japan has a very significant interest in securing long-term, stable, reliable helium supplies. Um, this is really an emerging, uh, emerging industry here in Saskatchewan. Um, so that is one area where they are very interested in exploring what investment might look like. You know, potash and, and ag commodities have been long-standing areas where we've had very deep relationships, but I think that those relationships are going to be even larger and deeper and longer term because of the uncertainty created um, with the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Um, what we have seen that reflected in this being one of the examples are countries around the world that are, are even more interested in having long-term relationships on supply of these critical commodities from friendly countries. And that really is our value proposition in Saskatchewan. Stable, reliable, long-term partnership, that's what we're all about and that's what they're looking for. Harrison notes this deal will also benefit farmers. Well, I mean, it's another market, right? I mean, we're always uh, we're always looking for more markets. We're producing more than we ever have before, and I mean, that's slightly weather dependent every given year. But having more markets, having larger markets, that is a positive thing. That has an impact on the farm gate, and uh, ultimately, I mean, that means more people are working here as well. Japanese Representative Tatsuhiko Takasada is looking forward to strengthening relations with Saskatchewan. It's honor for me to have signed the MOU with your government that uh, we would like to promote more uh, infrastructure business in here with Japanese. Also that uh, we, I'd like to seek the more uh, business with your uh, private sectors not in the Saskatchewan, but in other states or in other third countries. Well, uh, the Japanese government uh, first priority policy is uh, free and open in the Pacific. In that context, that uh, Canada is uh, one of the most important partner that uh, which uh, uh, Prime Minister Office uh, directed to me. So we would like to strengthen the relation with Canada and Japan more and more, and especially uh, I had uh, uh, MOU with uh, British Columbia and Alberta, and now Saskatchewan. So uh, especially I'd like to uh, consider the uh, relation with uh, three states, Western three states, I hope that, uh, this, uh, but this is uh, just a start of the relation that I hope that uh, uh, we have to strengthen this relation and uh, uh, as soon as possible we would like to do the more business in Saskatchewan. Japan is one of Saskatchewan's largest export markets as more than 1.2 billion dollars in goods, mainly agri-food products, were sent to the island nation last year. Please stay tuned. Your Farm Bulletin Board is coming up after these messages. Farm Bulletin Board. The G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship is back and bigger than ever. G3 launched the scholarship in 2020 and every year has awarded it to six bright young students with inspiring visions for the future of agriculture in Canada. This year, G3 is increasing the scholarship amount to $5,000. The scholarship is open to students across Canada, excluding Quebec, 
who are graduating high school this year and beginning post-secondary education in any field of study. To apply, they must submit a one- to two-minute video telling them where their game-changing idea is, what innovation would they study that could enhance productivity, sustainability, safety, or any other factor on Canadian farms. The applicants' videos will be posted on the scholarship website where visitors can vote for their favourite. Winners will be chosen based partially on votes received and the decisions of a panel of judges. The application period for the G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship is open until April 26th, that's today. Uh, For full details and to apply, visit g3growbeyond.org. Just a note that uh, there is a GoFundMe page set up for Doug Ukrainitz, who is in Arizona battling cancer. Of course, Doug Ukrainitz, well-known auctioneer from the Yorkton area, and he is in Arizona undergoing treatments, and they've set up a GoFundMe page for that. Just head to GoFundMe, and you'll be able to find it on there. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly to mainly sunny, winds west-northwest at 20 to 40 and a high of 11 degrees. For tonight, a few clouds, winds north-northwest at 15 to 25, a low of minus 2. For tomorrow, partly sunny, winds north-northwest at 20 to 40, a high of 8 with an overnight low of minus 2. For Friday, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of afternoon showers, winds west-southwest at 10 to 20, a high of 15. For Saturday, mainly sunny, a high of 11, and Sunday, mainly sunny, also a high of 11. In the Paw, it's 2 degrees, Swan River and Roblin are at 9, Dauphin and Show Lake Russell 7, Brandon is at 5. Regina reporting in at 11 degrees, Saskatoon, Hudson Bay, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head all at 10, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 9. The Yorkton-Melville region has a partly cloudy sky, a west-northwest wind at 33, gusting to 46 kilometers an hour. 40% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 11 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles.